Blog Talk Radio. And I'm here trying a different uh, way to uh, to do the sound quality for the program. So we're going to give this a try. And if it's absolutely horrible, we may do it again. So what we're going to do today is we are going to talk about something exciting. And I am going to do what's probably going to be part one of a series where I talk about our trip when we go to Disney because we are going to Disney this winter with my brother and his family. So it should be a lot of fun, I hope. And I hope it'll be an interesting episode of Travel Time. Now, first off, we are going to uh, do just a little bit of housekeeping. And we are going to today be doing episode, I think it's 21. Let me pull it up here. Yep, it is episode 22. And we are going to be talking um, about Disney and all the things that are different. In the meantime, if you want to call in, you can reach us at. 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's 1-877-633-9389. As always, you are welcome to both... You're welcome to both... Uh, chat or call in. You can send me an email if you have anything to say on the topic ahead of time. And I hope that you will reach out beyond listening to the podcast. So let me know you're out there to make comments, to ask questions, and you can do that all over social media. You can find me under Trendlebud Tales at Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on Google Plus, and on uh, LinkedIn under Sarah Utah. So be sure that you check me out. Now, in the meantime, uh, that should be about it for housekeeping. Now, uh, this time I'm going to be talking about the travel time thing myself. And it's just that this has been such a, a kind of a shock to us that I want to share with you because it turns out that there is this whole sort of sub-industry where uh, about planning a Disney trip. When we went um, back in the 19 in the 1980s, basically we bought the ticket, we went in, we went in, and just thought that we could do whatever we wanted. Kind of looked around at different rides and. Uh, actually, about the one disappointment we had was that we thought you could just walk up and eat at 
Cinderella's castle. And even back then, that wasn't an option. But the size of crowds has only increased. And there's actually a lot more complicated information about it now than there used to be. We had no idea, but there is this whole little Disney subculture where people talk about Disney trips all the time. There's uh, podcasts that are solely devoted to Disney. There are uh, blogs and newsletters, all sorts of books you can buy, uh, websites that you can buy memberships to to give you information. And so what I'm going to be doing today is kind of talking about where we are so far, what we've done, and how well it's worked. And as we get closer to the trip, we'll be telling, uh, I'll keep you up to date on what we've tried and what has worked. And hopefully we'll see if it works out fine. And if it doesn't, what works well for that. And I also, besides this whole little subculture of uh, providing information on Disney vacations, I also discovered that there is a lot of kind of nifty things going on at Walt Disney World. So the first thing we decided when we were planning the trip was that we were going to stay on site this time. Now, I should mention I have only been there once. My brother has been there twice more since then. So he is a little bit more up-to-date information than me. He stayed off-site each one of those three visits. And we really decided, talking it over, we wanted to stay on the resort, on the park grounds this time, just because it was closer. We figured it would be easier there to get back, like if we wanted a nap or something in the middle of the day. Uh, we that There was sort of all sorts of different magical things that happened uh, that were tied to staying on the grounds. There were early magic hours where you get extra time in the park if you're staying at the resort. Uh, there are uh, different things that you can uh, sign up for. You can use the Disney transportation to get there and back again from the airport. Uh, you don't even have to see your bags. Your bags disappear from whatever when you're checking in at the airport at one end, and they reappear in your room at the Disney World Resort without you having to do anything which seems pretty magic to me. And they also have this program there. It's only been going about two years called Magic Band. And if you see me in person, I'm going to be doing this waving stuff with my left wrist, which is where I wear my, my watch, because it's like a wristwatch, but it has an RFID chip in it, which means Disney can track where you are, which has all sorts of nifty effects. Uh, First of all, you can use it to open your hotel room. You just wave your wrist in front of it, and the hotel door will open. You can use it. You keep your credit card on it. So if you want to buy something, so you're going along and going, oh, this is the perfect T-shirt. I have to buy this T-shirt. You wave your, your wrist, and it pays for it because it has your credit card information in it. Uh, if, you, if you get the magic picture package that uh, – you can get where there are official photographers of Disney World that travel that that are assigned to different places around the park, and it they will take your picture, they will scan the the wristband so they know who you are, and uh, they'll take that and any ride pictures because there's some rides that have pictures that 
you know, they automatically take, and because you've checked in and they know who's on that boat because of your wrist, um, magic band, then at the end of your trip, they will give you one big bundle of pictures. And that bundle of pictures will have um, all of the pictures that you have been in, that their photographers have taken that were part of the ride. If there were any videos as part of the rides that are taken automatically, that'll be in there and you can get prints. And it's just, it's uh, the um, magic memory maker photo package. So it's got a lot of cool things. Now we'd actually looked at going to Disneyland before because we'd never been there, none of us. And they have been doing this thing called Cars Land where they basically rebuilt Radiator Springs just like it is in the animated movie. It looks amazing. But if you go into Disneyland, there are fewer hotels available. They don't have the magic band in operation yet. And they don't do that little thing where your bags disappear and reappear. So we just decided all in all that we were going to go to Disney World instead because it had all these added features. And at Disney World, we're going to stay in one of the newer resorts called Art of Animation. They have just, um, they have different buildings, each one with a theme of a different movie. So there's like Lion King, uh, the Little Prince, or the, not, the Little Mermaid, uh, the Finding Nemo, and ours is going to be Cars. So it is going to be really cool. And from the initial pictures I saw of it, it really didn't look too impressive, but now I've seen more. It really, they have the different characters as statues around you can take pictures of. They have, it, it looks, the first pictures I saw of it looked really lame, but I've seen a lot more since then, and it looks really cool how they have the, the hotels painted like a backdrop showing those those uh, fins that made the, the rocks behind Radiator Springs, and they have the the cozy cone office they have around the pool. The cabanas are shaped like the cozy cone. And in the room, there's a lot of stuff that is themed automotive. So like the bureaus and things have that blister paint. Um, and no, the, the, I just lost the word for it. That silver things with the little uh, raised things that they use in garages and stuff. They have the colors matching the cozy cone. They have artwork prints from scenes in the movie. Uh, the what that, the um, couch is a old car seat. The table has stickers from all over Route 66 on it, and that folds into a bed. And it just seems like it is going to be a super amazing place. So that's what we started out with. Well, then the next thing is to do a lot of research. So I am on my third Disney book right now. I'm trying to read it, and I want to get a lot. Uh, Robbie, my brother, has said that it's going to be my job to give information about what's going on at the park. So I have to do research to make sure I catch up with that. And I've been listening to quite a few of the podcasts. And um, I want to recommend, of the ones that I have found in there, I'm sure are a lot more, but the one I listened to that I've liked the best is WDW Prep School. Uh, they are all over social media under that name, too. But they just seem, they're about 20-minute episodes usually. They seem short and on point, And I've gotten a lot of good tips from them. Um, there's uh, 
several other websites. So uh, there's one that's all ears that uh, has a thing that I get the newsletter from. I like. I get a newsletter, and these are email newsletters on Disney dining. Um, actually, I started a whole separate t Twitter account. So if you want to follow me in our Disney adventures, uh, it's at Anita Cabrillo at, um, at well. Anita Cabrillo, who is one of Annette Funicello's characters from Zorro, because I wanted to include Zorro, because it is one of my favorite Disney things ever, and there aren't too many women on it, so I picked her, uh, and I will have a link to that in the show notes about this episode, so in case you want to find me on there, you can, and it's an all-Disney feed, and a lot of the stuff I've found as far as websites and newsletters uh, are fed through on that Twitter feed. And again, if you don't have a Twitter account, you can read the feed anyway. You should be able to just click in from the link in the show notes, and you'll be able to um, to read the feed. So we did a lot of the research stuff. Then the next thing that came up, you would think would be picking which parks you wanted to go to, but really, um, that isn't really what happened because the first thing that came up was because we were going to be going in in early winter, is the Vicky's Very Merry Christmas Party. And the tickets for that are released in May, which I know only because my good friend Richardson, uh, who does a Facebook group, which I will do a link from on the show notes too, and they have been really great about answering questions. And he put out on that group that the tickets were open. And you wouldn't think you'd have to do this much research for it, but it isn't like they give you a packet and say, here, you know, I keep expecting at these different places that they're going to say, here's what there is to do. Nobody seems to do that. Disney, I think, does more than most, but even that, you kind of have to know what's going on. And one of them is if you want to get the tickets for the very scary uh, Mickey's Halloween, if you want to go to the very Merry Christmas, you've got to just sort of watch for it, and they're usually released in May, and so we got tickets for that. Uh, it was only going to be available one of the nights we were there, so um, that was the night we got tickets for, which kind of controlled the rest of our schedule a little bit. The next thing that was on the schedule was the restaurant, because we got the meal plan, and with the meal plan, or if you're buying just with a credit card, if you want in a sit-down restaurant that you want to be, you have to make the reservations ahead of time 180 days out. Now, we did a lot of research about the uh, restaurants. The best resource we found for them in particular, uh, now there were a couple places online, the touringplans.com um, for one, which is a a website you have to buy a subscription to, although there is a substantial discount if you also buy their book, The Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World, um, that has, you know, the menus, actually, but actually short descriptions of what is there. The best chart I have found is in Burnham's official Walt Disney World Guide. It has a nice two-page chart that takes you through all the sit-down restaurant options available. And I was especially looking at the character meals because we decided that unless we really have a super good reason, we are going to try and get all of our character meeting 
done at these meals. So we don't have to spend time standing in line. We can eat, and the characters will come around to us because that's what happens at the character meal. You're there eating, and they come around and uh, go table to table. Uh, and that's really, we think, going to be the better way to meet characters because otherwise you have to stand in line. Now, there will be some that you can't do that for. So, like, if we want to meet Anna and Elka, uh, we will have to get a separate fast pass option. To uh, My little nephew is listening to this, and I'm going to make him talk now for, towards the end uh -huh. since he said uh -huh. something. But he tells me it's Anna and Elsa. Anna. Anna and Elsa. Is that right? Mm -hmm. All right. He says that's right. So we'll have to get a separate fast pass for that, which is the next thing we're going to do. But we were really focusing on hitting those character meals because we wanted to make sure that we got them. So we came up with our list of the ones that were most important to us. And we wanted to get the uh, Cinderella's Castle because we're still trying to get there. My brother's been there three times. He still hasn't made Cinderella's Castle. That was our one, I think, true regret from the first time we went, is we didn't get to do Cinderella's Castle. So that was our number one. Our number two was the, um, nor the second one was our Norwegian princess thing, because we really wanted to go to that, and we really wanted it to be breakfast, because breakfast is normal, Lunch and dinner is Norwegian food. And knowing my niece and nephew, would you have eaten Norwegian food? He says he doesn't know. He wouldn't have eaten Norwegian food. Nothing against Norwegian food. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. He's wanting me to say something. You can speak out loud and say it if you want to, you know. Well, I didn't. I'm not ready. Oh, he wants me to make Wait, sure. He wants to make sure that we know that that uh, Dash is here, but Ray is not here today, so she can't speak for herself. And he always does a really good job of watching out for his sister, so he wanted to make sure you guys knew that. Okay, so uh, the Nor the Norwegian <laughs> the Norwegian restaurant is is our number two. We also uh, then had um, requests we wanted to do Park Fair. Uh, which is a um, restaurant character meal that has uh, Mary Poppins come to it. Uh, we uh, then, I think those were the ones that we were, oh, in primetime, 50s primetime diner over in Hollywood Studios. I think those were our uh, big focus of getting. Uh, then we, I'm Chef Mickey's, you're right, I forgot Chef Mickey's. Ah. Chef Mickey, which is, is good job, Dash, which is in the Contemporary Resort, which is, according to the chart I found in the unofficial guide of Walt Disney World, seven minutes from Walt Disney World Park. <laughs> so over there at Chef Mickey's, they have all the main characters, so those you knew from the classic cartoons, you know, Mickey, Donald, Goofy, the whole gang. So... Uh, we wanted we wanted to do that too. So we divided up our days that we were going to be there, and my mom and I and my brother all got up at 4:30 this morning or that morning, 180 days out, because they open up reservations open up at 6 a.m. Eastern time. So that's 5 a.m. Central time, 4 a.m. Mountain time, and 3 a.m. Pacific time. 
So we had to get up early so we would be ready to go at 5. Then we each had our, our list in order of importance that we got, and we each took a day, and then actually we ended up having to share a couple of them, to, to, so we were all covered. But we went in and tried to get every single one of those restaurants that were on the top of our list. And we had six in our party, which is a hard get. Uh, they are much more set up for four groups of four and two. It's just easier to get with those numbers. And they didn't think that if you got a group of four and a group of two, they couldn't guarantee you'd be sitting anywhere near each other because they just sort of have, they don't reserve tables for you. It's just as one table exits, the next person in line gets it. So um, we did uh, that, and I think that worked out really well. We got, part of it was that we were going at a slow time of year, but uh, we each just tried to get all we could, and then we could delete the reservations we didn't need later. But uh, we had gotten, um, I think, at least three to pick from at Cinderella's Castle. We got um, uh, three days. We got the garden tea at the Grand Floridian Reserve. Um, and, you know, that that was another one high on our list. We got the Norwegian princesses for breakfast. Uh, so we got basically everything we wanted, and we had a choice of times for, I think, about everything. Um, then later in the day, after we looked at our schedule and where we'd originally gotten reservations, kind of dictated which day we were going to which park. Then we looked to see if we needed another meal that day. And if we did, we matched the park that uh, the reservations are for. And we were actually able to pick up lunch at Be Our Guest, which I wasn't even going to try for because you go to the newest things and there's always a push. And it's always crowded. But we managed to get it on our last day, which was uh, when they say 180 days out, that's 180 days out from the first day of your vacation. So you can make reservations for day one, two, three, four, however long you're there. And the further out you are later in your trip, the fewer people who have had a chance for that day yet. Also, I've heard from the um, uh, from the various uh, podcasts that I listen to, if you have a reservation coming up for Disney, if you have the, the tickets already in hand, you can make a reservation for one of the restaurants for any day. It does not matter where you will be in that in Disney or not. So we practice making reservations. And then you have to be sure to delete right away because you have to cancel them by midnight the day before or you get a no-show charge of $10 a person. So that was um, – you had to be careful about that as you were practicing. But we, we practiced, and that really helped. We had the hotel uh, or the credit card in there information already, so we knew what to do. We knew how to do it. We logged out and logged in again about a quarter to six, so we had a fresh reservation thing, and it just really worked slick like clockwork. We we really were very pleased how that worked out. Um, and we got some lesser ones on our list too. So we got, for example, the Crystal Palace. Uh, we got. Um, Coral Reef, which is where you eat inside an aquarium. Uh, we got um, the Garden Grill. 
where you it's a revolving restaurant inside um, the land. And there's a couple of quick service restaurants we picked out too, but you can't make a reservation there. And one of them we found out, the Pinocchio House is right over it's a small, small world. So you can watch it's a small, small world while you're eating. I had no idea. I just can't believe that. I am looking forward to it. It is going to be super, super cool. So um, that kind of gave us our, our uh, schedule for which park. Looking at those reservations kind of helped us decide which park we were going at each day. And anything that didn't match up with that, we got rid of. Now, we also added, and this is an extra cost option because Disney really believes in extra cost options, is that you can get what they call a park hopper thing on your card, on your ticket. So that means you can go to different parks during the same day. Now, it probably does not make sense to go to three or more different parks in the same day, but it's nice. Uh, I didn't really think it was going to work out as handy as it is, but for instance, we got uh, tickets to A Very Merry Christmas the one night they had it. We were going to be spending the day before in Magic Kingdom, so we're going to be spending the next day in a different park, but then we're going to come back for the Very Merry Christmas. And there were, um, there's going to be another time where we're going to um, be doing a, a one park in the morning and another in the afternoon which I did not think we would at the beginning of the planning process. So that was really uh, a good thing. Now, uh, the part we're at now is where we get our niece and nephew caught up on the research. And he has started reading about the rides, haven't you? Yeah. He's supposed to got to learn to project. Yes, he started reading about the rides. So our next thing to do is to come up with a list of the rides we want to ride and then 60 days out, you make your fast pass reservation, that which is a system where you uh, can reserve a place at three rides during the day, and you do kind of get to skip ahead because they reserve so many rides for people who have, or so many places on the ride for people with fast pass reservations. So uh, we haven't done that yet, and we'll see how it goes. We're also going to be using the website Touring Plans at high, because it comes with a lot of high recommendations. And what we'll do for that is we'll feed in where our eating reservations are, what rides we want to do, and it will optimize our schedule uh, about how to get what, what order to go into to have to spend the shortest time waiting in line. It also uh, gives you an option to minimize the amount of walking you have to do instead of line length, and it will refigure. So if you happen to be by, say, uh, It's a Small, Small World, which happened to us the last time we went, we went through It's a Small, Small World, and there was, like, nobody in line when we came out. This is a good thing to know. During the normal lunch hours and the normal supper hours, everybody goes to eat, so it's really quiet. So you want to eat off of the normal time and use that low time to go through rides, which we happen to do by accident. So we went through a small, small, small world. We came around again. Line was basically empty. We ran around and got to do it's a small, small world again. Now, if something like that happens this time, we go ahead and do it, and then we hit optimize, and it refigures from the new time where you were. 
So we hopefully that works. We've not figured that out yet exactly, so we'll see how that goes. And we've got our fast pass reservations coming up, and that'll be at 60 days out. So we have around we're about 100 days out, about 100 days out until that hits roughly. So I will let you. I will let you know when we get ready to do that, and we can tell you what the next part of the trip planning is like, but it really has amazed me how much stuff there is out there. In the show notes, I'm going to link to a previous episode where I interviewed Richard Disney expert extraordinaire on his ideas on how to plan a Disney vacation, which I did before I knew we were going. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you will tune back in for part two. And our, can I get a little, a big Hi. I was going to go Disney. Go Disney. Okay. Go Disney. And we will uh, get back on you with other topics later. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Travel Time. And tune back in for our next episode of Trundle Bed Tales. Thank you.